From deep inside the Death Star, I'm Andy Richards. And I'm Gov Maharaj. And welcome to Defrag Tools, the show that takes you inside Microsoft and inside Windows. We are back in uh, the studio again with Gov to talk more about Windows Update, the migration of the OS from major release to major release. What are we going to delve into today, Gov? So what I wanted to talk about today was the uh, application and device inventory files. Uh, so some of the steps that occur during setup without you even realizing that setup is running. So uh, in regular Windows updates, what normally happens is a relatively small file gets downloaded from a Windows update and gets executed. And what it does is one of two things. If an inventory has not already been uh, kicked off on your machine, an inventory, a light inventory, will be run on your machine in order to figure out what apps, devices that you have installed in order to figure out, well, is this machine capable of being upgraded? Should I go ahead and download the you know, three gigabyte yeah. uh, ESD from, uh, from Windows Update? and continue with the upgrade process. So when this is running, I assume you'll see a bit of disk activity as it's scanning through the... A little bit of disk activity we do run with below normal priority uh, at this point so that we attempt to not bog down your machine. So kind of like the idle concept. Kind of like the idle concept, yes. Uh, we will back off if your machine is doing something uh, intensive, like if you're playing games, we'll, we'll back off because mm -hmm. we don't want to impact the uh, machine uh, power management uh, as much as possible. We don't want to impact your use of the machine. Keep it in the background. Exactly. So what's this inventory look like? I mean, what, what does it find? So uh, going back into the Windows Panther directory where we um, uh, take a look at an already upgraded machine and they have a bunch of log files. The Windows Panther directory has everything you could possibly imagine that you would really, really want. And the main uh, inventory file that is interesting here is this um, hashed appraiser human readable XML. Anything has human readable and that makes me happy. <laughs> yes. Now, if you notice, you'll see two of these. You'll see a much simpler human readable XML and uh, a much larger uh, human readable XML. Obviously, go for the much larger one. Okay. There's a version number change on the front. Is that to do with that? Or? Yes. Uh, so this is an earlier version. It's the very, very lightweight version of the uh, appraiser inventory. Yep. Um, so taking a look at this appraiser inventory file, which I have already got open, we can see that we have uh, a bunch of these uh, run info components. And basically what this is saying is we have a bunch of different data sources um, that we try and go after. We get uh, inventory on devices, on drivers, on applications, on um, states of the machine that uh, we have to understand uh, what what is there in order for us to be able to upgrade. And because over the years, there's lots of different states of the machine, there's different pieces of, inf of information that's important for the upgrade, uh, we've basically just encapsulated it uh, into getting the very specific data that we require. Like for example, we have an anti-malware data source. So what that means is that we are specifically looking at what are the anti-malware applications that have mm -hmm. been installed because we want to do something very specific for anti-malware. We have different decisions that are being made based on the type of thing that we're matching on. Um, and because this is the monolithic file that includes all of the information, um, we can see that uh, 
it contains things like, uh, let's just do this really quick. Uh, it's it somewhere. Yes, it should be there somewhere. There we go. There we go. So this particular tag is very, very handy for, for me. Um, this will tell me what AV that you have installed. Um, basically, you're looking for is AV equals true, and it tells me that, hey, I'm using Windows Defender. Uh, you could have things like Semantic or um, McAfee, and they will show up here oh, as well. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and what we have after this human readable XML gets digested, it has a certain set of outputters, uh, other files that gets consumed by setup. Uh, for example, this um, one right here, which is the setup output XML. This one I wanted to look at really briefly just to show you how the different files um, come together. So if you notice, we have two different sections right here where you have a block migration equals true. Everything else here is set to false. Now, when we so say... Please, please explain what these INFs are. Okay, so these INFs are specifically for the driver packages that you have on your system. What we will uh, take from this inventory is pass to set up the information that says, hey, we have drivers that should be migrated or drivers that should not be migrated. And we have you know, the two most important pieces of information here are block migration and has signed binaries. Now, the really interesting one here, as I was uh, pointing out earlier, is OEM 103 and OEM 102. Now, you might think, oh, man, I have drivers here that are unsigned, and I'm, they're going to be blocked from migrating, and something's wrong, and oh, my uh, goodness, this uh, guy is falling. That's exactly what I thought when, right? when like, I saw that. I, I, like, like ah! how, how did this machine actually upgrade correctly when I have unsigned binaries and the, the migration is going to be blocked and well, how's oh, it running now how's it running now? <laughs> exactly right now I, I really wanted to focus on these ones because I've had this question come up numerous times that, that's a to me that's like a massive red flag isn't ah, it yeah but like, this is one of those uh, false positive massive red flags because everybody digs in on uh, not these particular OEM uh, files because it can change mm. their names can change uh, depending on what other drivers you have installed uh, what you want to do is look for OEM 103 and 102 in the human readable file. Okay. And then you will notice that it maps to a driver and it maps to a printer driver. A printer driver. Now, if if you know anything about printer drivers, printer drivers are not actually kernel mode drivers. No. Not anymore, anyways. It used to be kernel mode drivers. That was my first job. NT31, 31, not 34, not, I'm talking 3.1, the original oh, no. NT. Really? My very first job out of college was writing printer drivers for NT31. <laughs> <laughs> and you must have been thrilled when we said, okay, no more kernel mode printer drivers. Well, actually, it was running newspaper <laughs> presses. So this is how newspaper presses used to, that's what it was for. So the big, huge mm -hmm. typesetting newspaper presses, it was actually driving the press. So it was actually kind of a cool printer driver. Out of all printer drivers to write, that was probably the biggest behemoth printer driver you could ever write. So it's kind of de cool. Definitely a cool one. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing that you'll also notice that these t uh, this particular driver is the Microsoft um, XPS printer driver, PDF XPS printer driver. 
So what we're saying here is that we don't want to migrate this driver. And it's just for a bunch of different legacy reasons that this driver should not be migrated. We have uh, a specific inbox, an up-level version of the driver that always takes over. But this is the way that we tell the system, hey, don't migrate this driver. Mm -hmm. And that's really what the... So it's uh, like a little why, kind of. It, it, it is. Configuration uh, uh, trick. It's a configuration trick to say uh, we don't want to migrate these drivers. Whenever you see it, just don't migrate it. But yep. we also um, have this mechanism with block migration equals true. It's a silent block migration. Basically, what it's saying is don't worry about this driver. Let the system handle the driver. Everything is OK. okay. Um, and we know that there are not signed because they're not kernel mode drivers. So that's why these ones are set as false. And when you go back to the uh, human readable file, both 103 and 102 uh, are printer drivers. There we go. I think the new notepad that you do. Uh, cyclic. Cyclic, yeah. The, the new update. So the. Uh, you can tell here what what is going on. We're having a driver block, which it said is true. Uh, the driver block is not overridden, uh, which basically says it's the override to an override. Mm -hmm. We don't have the override to an override mm -hmm. set. Yes, migration is complicated. Yes. We have a set of rules, and I think I alluded to alluded to this uh, in the previous episode. We have a set of base rules, and then we have additive rules, then we have exclusion and include rules, and then override rules. We have any rule that you can possibly think of that happen at various phases of setup. So you can have something that is designed to happen at one particular phase. You can have an override that occurs at a much later phase. Um, you can you can just basically do anything with uh, with an upgrade mm. with upgrade rules. So if you find a driver is blocked for valid reasons because mm -hmm. it just you know, is incompatible for whatever reasons, what would you suggest as the next steps in trying to unblock yourself? So normally, what you should see is um, setup should tell you, and usually that uh, would be an error code C uh, two hundred. 208, if I recall correctly. Um, I will probably fix that error code later. Uh, basically, I always look at the 208 as the last three digits at the end. Yep. Um, and that's a compatibility block. So whenever you see that, that's when I start go, going to go dig into the human readable files. Yep. One of the other big things that show up for uh, apps that are blocked uh, that are most confusing to users is that Something will say, hey, I have an app blocked, but the app isn't installed. Okay. So the, the big thing that happens there is that when we inventory a system, we have to try to be very, very intelligent about where applications are. So we scan the system, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you have files that are, for example, saved off of your desktop and you have shortcuts, we will go and find those shortcuts and then we will make them go to the destination and say, oh, there's a shortcut and there's an exe and that matches to our database that says there's a block, even though that exe might not actually be installed 
on the machine. It's like an X copy XE. Yes. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of setups, uh, what they tend to do is copy them into a particular location, even in program files. Yeah. And then from there, bootstrap themselves to do the actual install. And this is what trips up inventory and blocks a lot of the time when we say, oh, please go on and install this application. Well, the app was never there to begin with. Yeah. Or uh, a bug that, exi that existed in RS3 and below is we would go and inventory network shares. If you had shortcuts in your quick launch, mm. for example, if you had a shortcut to something that was on a map network drive or yep. a UNC network drive to an application, we'd go, oh, I'm going to go inventory that entire network location now. And even if you were not connected to the network at the time you did the upgrade, we would have that inventory stored on your machine. Mm. So the the app is definitely not installed. It's not even anywhere on your hard drive, and you could still get a message that says, "Please remove this application." Yep. Right, um, and that could be uh, rather problematic. Uh, and what you would have to do in that case is delete your inventory data, and that becomes definitely a little bit more complicated. Yeah. Uh, in, in what you can do instead is actually force a refresh of your inventory, which will definitely be better. Yeah. And um, So I assume it scans things like scheduled tasks and stuff like that. And I say that because it's common for a scheduled task to have a network share on it. Uh, from an appraiser perspective, we don't scan uh, scheduled tasks. We don't care about them from an inventory perspective. Okay. Um, is really just links shortcuts to uh, executables. Really, the shell experience rather than the the personal experience, rather than the yeah this custom execution stuff. Right. Um, and really, you know, the, there's a lot more stuff that we can talk about in the human readable XML. But basically, what you'd be looking for here are Values that are uh, true, except you know things like include telemetry, unversion, blah blah blah. What you don't really care about that. What you, what I tend to look for is um, things like SDB star block and then value equals true, mm -hmm. and I start parsing through those and I and I start seeing okay, do we have things on here that are saying yes, this should be blocked, and is it going to be raising an error message? Um, That's actually. Um a good example where you could use fine string. You fine mm -hmm. string the SDB, pipe it into fine string again, search for block, pipe it in again, and search for true, and you'll get this very quick filtered view of the world. Mm -hmm. And it's in one one command in the command prompt, and you've bam, you've done it, right? Yeah. And I think fine string is one of the tools that definitely is a bit undervalued. <laughs> it's very powerful when you chain it together. Very, uh, very I, something that I'm actually finding quite powerful now. Uh, a little bit of a segue, but um, installing WSL, so the Windows subsystem for Linux, and then yeah. using all of the Bash scripting uh, of on, on the on the drive is just fantastic. I mean, I know a lot of people use SigWin in order to use all of the Linux tools, mm. but um, it's it's quite handy. Uh, you know, na native Python, very, right? In, very in, powerful, in, yeah. In Bash, and it's all nicely self-contained. I don't have to. I don't have to do a whole lot. I don't have to configure my machine a whole lot. Mm. Um, it's all just there. I can copy all of my environment preferences from machine to machine. In fact, I have it saved off on OneDrive, so it's super simple for me to sync them across. Yeah. Um, cool. A little bit of a segue.
So uh, it's quite the uh, tome of data, and there's a bit, quite of a value in it. Um, yeah, the, the we've barely scratched the surface of what is capable within this XML, and it changes across versions. Mm. So the thing with the appraiser data is that if you were to look at the appraiser f uh, file from, say, um, 10.240, TH1, it would be fairly different than what we see here. Mm. Um, but the nice thing is that appraiser updates itself um, the same binaries across all down-level versions of Windows. So we are consistent in our use of appraiser on all down-level systems so that when we upgrade, everything has a nice consistent view of what, what your machine has and um, when a machine says that, yes, I'm capable, it's capable to the up-level version of the OS, not just to whatever shipped within your... So talking about that, what the distance, I mean, if you try to get 1803, how many prior versions of Windows can you skip? Let's say you've somehow... All of them. So you can go all the way down to... Seven. Windows 7. Yep. So 8, A1, all the incrementals between the two. 8, we don't technically support anymore, so it's going to be... Windows 7, 8.1, and then all versions of Windows 10. Gotcha. Uh, for, as an upgrade point. Cool. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, hopefully that guy gives you guys some uh, insight of you know, the data that you can delve into and you know, some of the troubleshooting you can do for yourself. Um, a couple of little tips there about the SDB block particularly. As always, if you've got questions and comments about this stuff, shove them in the show notes below. And you can always email us at defragtools at microsoft.com or defragshow at microsoft.com. Follow us on Twitter at defragtools and also at ch9. And thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time. Take care.